Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, TNA Hall of Famer, and the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk all about Wednesday Night Wrestling, AEW Dynamite, NXT. We talk about it both with you right now on the Busted Open Podcast. When you look at AEW just coming off the heels of a big show last week, and then NXT, they have a takeover, believe it or not, on Sunday. Uh, Two good shows, but and I want to dive into this a little bit. I looked at NXT a little bit differently than I usually do. I thought AEW was very good. I usually do. Um, And I thought there's some interesting things that took place, some newsworthy things that took place. For NXT, and I felt this, and I may have felt this for the first time while watching NXT, Bully, and I want to get your take on it. Uh, Tommy last week said something that I thought was interesting. Tommy said that, don't forget, NXT is kind of like college football. At some point, the people that you're watching on your TV are not going to be on that team, and they're going to be moving on to the NFL. And... He said it, and I was I understand where he was coming from, and we have seen a lot of wrestlers move from NXT to the main roster. But last night, for whatever reason, I kind of felt it. I felt what Tommy was saying, and for the first time in months watching NXT, I'm, I'm feeling the lack of star power on that show, and some things being done for the sake of a lack of enough bodies to complete the task. And I wanted to get your take and the nation's take. Did you get that feeling a little bit watching that show last night, Bully? No, because I never watch NXT and have star power in mind. Because star power to me is is more about Raw, SmackDown, when you truly become a star. Not that NXT talent are not stars stars within nxt but we always know when you get to the main roster your star is gonna shine brighter so i never watch it as far as star power now i understand what tommy is saying with the relation to college football in the nfl but you said last night you felt it for the first time well who were you not seeing and missing last night that made you feel that way well and I think you have to complete it in the fact that we're having a takeover on Sunday. So, Bully, when you think of takeovers, what do you think of? You think of, you know, you think of Undisputed Era. You think of Rhea Ripley. You know, lately you think you think of a Damian Priest. And, you know, you, you look at the show that we're going to see on Sunday. A lot of those names are not are not a part of this show. So, like, I'm starting to feel the effects of a lot of names that we've gotten used to watching on NXT that aren't going to be a part of the takeover that we're going to see on Sunday. Okay, I can understand what you mean by a priest. 
and a Ripley. Sure, Bianca's been gone for a while yeah. now. I know you didn't mention her, but she's been gone for a while. Um, I I like what I see from NXT because I think they do the best job of utilizing their talent and playing to their talent's strengths. I could understand that when you read the card on paper, nothing's like, whoa. But to some people, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne is mm. whoa. You know, it really is because we know that we're going to get a great match. Um, gar- uh, we're going to get Gargano versus... Um, Oh, for the North American uh, title. Kushida. Uh, Kushida. That's going to be a really great match. I mean, Gargano, especially last night, man, everything Johnny does, he does so well. He can wrestle a great match, and he can be entertaining as all hell. So, um, yes, not the kind of star power. And when you compare the two shows, like NXT star power to AEW star power, AEW has the edge. And I'm not even going to talk about the Jerichos and the Cody's that were that were made stars in the WWE. Let's compare apples to apples. When you look at talents like Ciampa and Gargano or Undisputed Era up against Darby Allen, MJF, and um, uh, let's take Orange Cassidy, because those are all you know mostly homegrown talents. When I watch the shows. I feel like there's more star power from the AEW guys. I feel, I I know for a fact, the NXT guys that I just mentioned are the better workers, are the better wrestlers. But hey, you know, I always use the comparison of Kiss and Rush. Okay? Don't get mad, Ed. I know you're a big Rush fan. Who has the star power? Kiss or Rush? Kiss. Who's the better performer? Who's the better uh, musicians? Rush. And it's not even close, right? No. But how many seats does Kiss sell every night? Yeah. It's, it's, and who's the mainstream name and who's, you know, I, 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 I completely get it. But that's why I brought up what you said on Tuesday when it comes to, to Monday Night Raw. Because what you said is you defined bully on, on Tuesday morning a mindset. Listen, I know when you're watching Raw, they do a terrible job at times creatively to connect the dots. Um, a lot of what we see does not make sense. And we brought up a lot of examples of what took place on Monday night. But, you, but Bully, you kind of explained that, you know what, I'm at the point now, I go into Raw with a certain mindset. Listen, I love the Police Academy movies. When you go to watch a Police Academy movie, you don't have the same mindset as if you're going to watch The Godfather. All right, you're going in there, it's kind of like mindless comedy where you just want to be entertained. Sometimes with Raw, creatively, they're not going to give you a lot that makes sense. You have to go in with a certain mindset. What I'm trying to say is I think with NXT now, I'm going in with that certain type of mindset. Like you just said, you know you're going to get great wrestling matches. Bully, I would be shocked, shocked if on Sunday night NXT does not give you a great show. I mean, I don't think there's been one takeover where we've come on the air and said that we've been d- disappointed or we didn't like it. We know at the end of the day, we're going to love what we what you see. But I think you got to start getting used to the names that you're seeing on those takeover cards. By the next time there's a takeover, probably at least half of those names you're not going to see anymore. Let's not forget, Dave, that at the end of the day, um, whether people like to admit this or not, NXT was the breeding ground and is the breeding ground and is the developmental area for the main roster. 
And for those NXT talents that don't like to believe that or don't want to admit that, it is the absolute truth. I remember, I've told you this story. I remember Hunter talking in 2000 and 2001 about how since WWE basically owned everything, we should set up our own developmental systems. We should create our own territories where wrestlers could learn and get better at what they do before they came up to the main roster. It was his idea. And that's exactly what NXT is. It's that breeding ground. So when you look at NXT from 30,000 feet, it's a, it's a, it's a great breeding ground. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a it's a great um it's a great company on its own. NXT can stand on its own two feet. There's no doubt about it. And, and I'll say it again: when it comes to the wrestling in the ring, nobody does it better than NXT. But it's also a defensive move right now. So I believe that every every time NXT puts on a Wednesday night show, not only are they thinking, the positive is they're thinking about how do they entertain their fan base and get the most eyes on their product. But they're also going into it going, man, what the hell do we have to do next? Because we know we have AEW breathing down off, breathing down our neck and basically kicking our butt every Wednesday night. And now with this whole peacock thing, who the hell knows what's going to happen. So, you know, they have a a very, they have a, a difficult job down there every week because not only do they have those things that I mentioned, having to entertain their fan base, having to put on the best possible show, having to, uh, you know, they're, they're in a, a bit of a ratings war that, you know, n- none of the other companies are in. You also got Vince, who doesn't want to lose anything at any time. And Vince has got to be wondering why this is happening. Now, I don't know to what degree is he is he mildly annoyed or is he pissed off beyond belief? I don't I don't know. But we do know that Vince never wanted another WCW situation to happen. Is AEW another WCW situation? Not sure. I mean, they're doing, I would say they're doing fair to Midland. Let's call it good. I think good is is I think good is fair. I think think good. I think they're doing good in the ratings. I've spoke to a lot of people that are older than me in the business, Mm age-wise, and have more years than me in the business. I spoke to three different people, Dave. All three of them had the same exact opinion. And I didn't goad them into anything. I just asked them, you know, randomly what they thought. And they said, AEW should not be doing less than a million viewers every single week. And I said, even with NXT? And they're like, absolutely. On their own, for what they've done so far, for where they debuted at 1.4, for the heavy hitters that they've brought in, a la a sting, for the former WWE talent, they should be doing a million viewers a week. So, and that's that. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you mentioned NXT. Also, and they've gotten close, and they've gotten close. They, they are close. They've and I, close. And I think if they're and I, and again, we've talked about this. There's other avenues to watch nowadays too, where it's not necessity to watch in that moment on TNT. So you got to factor that in, and you got to factor in NXT as well that there is another wrestling show on at the exact same time, being backed by the. You know, the holy WWE, which is that you know that's 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 a big wall to overcome and to climb because even though it's just NXT, it's the third brand. It's still the WWE, which is 
that's the captain that runs the ship when it comes to pro wrestling. So, and I'm wondering, and you just said it, with Peacock on the horizon, which is going to start next month, where is NXT going to finally find its home? Is it going to be Wednesdays at 8 p.m., or is it going to be on a streaming service like Peacock? And it sounds like from every everything that we've read, Bully, from every press release, at some point it seems like NXT is going to be on Peacock. So what does that mean for Wednesday nights on USA, and what does that mean ultimately for AEW if they're not head-to-head with another pro wrestling show? It's a great get for AEW. It's a great situation to be in because now there's approximately 700,000 viewers who watch NXT on a television set in their home every single week. Yeah, some might watch it on their computers, but you you get what get I'm it. saying. No, I know. Being in front of a TV, you know, like us old timers used to do, sit on our couch in front of a TV. You know, Ed Robinson, you're old. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, they're going to be able to pick some of those people up. A lot of people enjoy that, you know, sit, you know, sitting down in their home on a Monday night or a Wednesday night on their couch watching their TV. It's kind of like what we're programmed to do. So AEW should be able to pick up, uh, I don't know, 200,000 of those viewers because that'll be live wrestling on a Wednesday night. Now, it might uh, NXT might be live on Peacock also. True. I just think it's going to be a little bit different, you know, watching it on your computer. I mean, you could watch it on your TV, too, but I just think it's going to have a different feel to it. I think people are going to look at it as, well, I can watch NXT whenever I want, but I'm going to have to watch AEW right now. I think they will pick up some of those some of those viewers and and hopefully for them, they can win people over. You see, I want AEW fans to watch NXT. And I want NXT fans to watch AEW because if you really watch the two products with an open mind, you can become a fan of the two. There's yes. no reason why you can't. And that's why I use the Rush and Kiss comparison. I love Kiss, but I listen to Rush. You know, like if you, I, I, I got to go to the Kiss concert, but I'm definitely going to listen to Rush. Yeah, and why and not? That's... And why not? Like, you know, and, and, and I don't want to get into the same conversation of why, why do we hate? Why no, do no, no. Hate I'm, not, that I'm not and... doing that. I'm not, but you know what, Bully? I will say this. I think this will help that situation. Listen, you can't help but compare the two shows because they're on at the same time and the same night. Like, so you can't help to compare. If if one's being streamed and you can watch it at your leisure at any time and it's not a necessity to watch it at 8 p.m., I think you're right, Bully. I think I think this divide is going to get is is going to stop and we're going to get closer in. And I think more people are going to say, you know what? I, I like NXT. I'm going to watch NXT. AEW is my favorite. I'm going to watch AEW Wednesdays at 8 p.m., but I'm going to watch NXT or vice versa. I actually think that this move is going to help both shows in the long run. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. That was a hell of a car crash, huh? Yeah, and, and I liked it. And here's why. And and this is this goes for the whole show. And bully, you always say, you know, they're always listening. I felt like, you know what? I'm watching AEW Dynamite last night, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? 
I bet you Bully's sitting at home watching this and saying, all right, they're starting, to, they're starting to listen to me a little bit. And there's things that happen throughout that show where there are examples of that. But let's talk about the main event. Go ahead, Bully. I do want to – it's very interesting that you brought that up. I received, I'd say, five or six tweets mm-hmm. who said the same thing that you just said. Like, Bully, I think they might be listening. So what did you pick up on? Well, first of all, let's talk about the main event. You just mentioned what a car crash that was. Well, yeah, but the way they set it up is the way that you should set up a match like that. First of all, multiple officials involved in that match. It's a false count anywhere match. There's no rules. All the rules are thrown out the window. So if you know you're going to have a car crash and you know that you're going to get a lot of wrestlers involved, wrestlers that aren't even involved in the match being involved in that match, then you know what? Light bulb over the head. Let's make it a false count anywhere match. And that's exactly what they did in that main event last night. If you're going to have a match like that, as long as you tell me beforehand that it's going to be one of those type of matches and you, you, you lay down the law for me before that kind of match, you tell me what the rules or regulations are, I have no, and if you're going to, I have no problem with it. And if you're going to do a car crash and you're going to throw everything and everything up against the wall and hope it sticks and goes buck wild and crazy, last night was a great job of doing that. Yeah. I really thought they did a good job. And another thing, and this is something else that you say too, and even in regards to like Kenny Omega, and a lot of times with a lot of wrestlers about, you know, quote-unquote getting your shit in and wanting to look good, I think I think Kenny Omega, this is, a, you know, Kenny Omega is the heel. He doesn't mind playing the heel. He's not trying to look cool. It's like he's trying to get as much heat on him as possible, and I thought he did good with that. Also, great job with Lance Archer. A lot of the complaints we talked about with Lance Archer, this guy should be a main eventer. Well, he's in the main event. This guy should be kicking ass. Well, he kicked ass last night. And also, as far as re- what you're going to do and get behind the Lance Archer, you were able to do that because – at the end of that match, the numbers game got the most out of Lance Archer. So I thought they did a good job presenting the characters and personalities in that match as well last night, Bully. And when the that last match was on, I was flipping back and forth between uh, AEW and NXT. And as much as I love Ciampa and Thatcher tagging together and they tagged against uh what was that younger team the the younger uh the grizzled veterans the grizzled veterans yeah i'm watching the two and i'm like wow i know i'm getting a really strong tag match on nxt but there's no way in hell i can turn off from aew just because there's so much shit going on that you just want to see what's going to happen i mean and then when they start breaking out you know potatoes i mean is it, is it kind of wonky and stupid for the five-star match machine to be breaking out a bushel of potatoes while well, hitting somebody with a potato? Yeah, it is. But that's what makes it entertaining yeah. because you don't expect to see Kenny hitting somebody with a box of potatoes or, or all that stuff. And that's that's the kind of different outside of the box stuff i want to see kenny do i know kenny could have a great match in the ring blah 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 give me some other aspects now that's not exactly what i want to see kenny be doing but to get that peppered in every once in a while yeah it's fun i would have liked to have seen kenta's first match in aew be a legitimate match 
I really would have because Kenta is a wrestler's wrestler. So to put Kenta in one of the in that crazy ass, you know, falls count anywhere, whatever, you know, shit hits the fan match. Okay, fine, I, I, I'm cool with it. But I'd rather have seen him wrestle. I think advertising Kenta in a match up against a strong opponent that he could have got a good win on. Just personally, I would have liked to have seen that better. But as far as what they did at the end of the show, I had no problem with it. Great car crash, fun, and hard to turn off. You know what, Bully? You make a really good point. Next week, they need to follow up, or the next time they have Kenta follow up with Kenta just being in a singles match to get Kenta over, and maybe even explain who Kenta is. Obviously, we know who Kenta is, but there could be a lot of viewers that are watching AEW Dynamite that are like, well, who is this guy? I don't know who this guy is. To have some kind of where you have like a singles match where you can show his skills, and then in that match, JR, Tony Schiavone, and especially Excalibur could describe exactly who kenta is from new japan and that would be the proper way to do it but i think aew right now is just they are loading every bullet they have into their gun every week and firing it they're packing that's why i I compare it to russo-esque tv shows and i know people are gonna be like oh my god bubba compared aew to vince russo listen for a second Russo would pack as much action into every second of every minute of every hour into a Monday Night Raw as he possibly could. His mentality was, I'm going to make it impossible for you to change the channel. And that's what AEW is trying to do. They're making... Sometimes I feel like I can't even breathe Mm. watching AEW because they're giving me so much information that's bombarding, bombarding my eyes and my ears. I'm like, what? My God, so much, so much, so much. And then all of a sudden, a commercial break will come up and I'm like, I'm breathing heavy like I'm blown (laughs) up. But... There's good and bad to that. They're not allowing me to digest anything that's going on, even though I could afford to miss a digesting or two. Um, and, but the good part is they, they, they make it impossible for you to turn away because there's just so much action. Yeah, and, and we said this last week because there's things that happen that like, whoa, th- th- those are significant things that they should probably let breathe a little bit. And the Correct. same thing happened like, like with with Hangman Page and Matt Hardy. That was a pretty significant, uh, you know, at the bar when he had, you know, Matt had Hangman Page drunk and he signs the contract. And like that was pretty damn significant. But they, they quickly moved on to the next match right after that. And they didn't have a lot of time to talk about it, let it breathe. But you almost forget about it by the time you get to the third hour of the show. But that was pretty significant what took place between Matt and Hangman Page. Agreed. And here's another moment in time that I would like to have seen breathe just for a second longer. Watch. Kenny hits Archer with the kendo stick in the ribs. Archer catches it. Yep. He takes the kendo stick away from Kenny, and then he snaps the kendo stick over his knee. Reminded me of when Bo Jackson snapped the baseball bat over his knee, and I'm like, holy shit. And I couldn't even get shit out because Kenny had already drop-kicked Archer's Archer's, uh, leg out from underneath him. Dude, let that breathe. Kenny should have been like, oh, my God. Like, Sell with your face, Kenny. Show me that you're a little concerned about this monster who just snapped the kendo stick over his knee. Show me a little bit of fear 
and then the light bulb can go off that you drop kicked his leg out from underneath him. None of that happened. It just ran into each other. So you don't get a chance to appreciate the monster that Archer is. They took it away from him. Especially when you have storytellers on commentator like a, a Jim Ross and a Tony Schiavone. You know, let that moment breathe just a little bit. Let them comment on that. Let them have that holy shit kind of expression, you know, in, verbally in a word picture and then move on to the next thing. Now, you're just talking about a match, which... Obviously, AEW is on 100 miles an hour for their matches almost on a consistent basis. But even when it comes to the format of the show, like you talked about with Raw, the flow of a show, know when you have a significant segment, let that segment breathe for a little bit. It's okay to take a breath every once in a while. You know what? Don't be so concerned what NXT is doing. Don't don't be concerned about, hey, we got to keep the foot on the pedal all the time because we don't want people to switch off. Don't worry about it. I think you've done a good enough job fending off NXT. The ratings show that. Now focus and concentrate on your show, letting some significant moments breathe because you know what? They deserve to breathe and be commented about. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. Matt Hardy, listen, they got off the delete Matt Hardy, the uh, the obsolete Matt Hardy, gone. He's back to being big money uh, Matt Hardy, which I think is a good thing right now because maybe when things open up, start getting full venues again, Bully, that's when you bring back, you know, that that deleted uh, Matt Hardy. But I always loved Big Money Matt. I love him here. I love the fact he's taking advantage of a drunk hangman page. Um, and like I like that the fact that he used the camera. Like, because a lot of times in wrestling, we could talk about that even from some things that we saw last night in regards to the inner circle. I like that Matt Hardy took advantage of knowing that there was a camera there filming them. Like he said, he acknowledged, he goes, I'm glad this is being filmed because when he gets up, when he wakes up tomorrow morning, he is going to be angry. But we got it on, on film, him signing that contract. I like it. And I love this version of Matt Hardy. I'm glad that you liked it because it seems that we're light years away from where these two char- where we thought these two characters would be at this point. You know, when Hangman and Jericho faced off in the main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, there was a lot of people screaming that Hangman Page, the young guy, should have won yep. the championship. It was the it, it was not the right answer at all. Hangman Page should have not been the AEW World Champion against Chris Jericho. The right guy won for the right business reasons. Trust me. But this is a a, um, a far cry from that guy. Um, we're starting to see this. Um, you called him a drunk. I'll call him a guy that likes to drink and you know and <laughs> and have a couple. Um, uh, I, I the reason I do like it is because it's something different for for Hangman and um, having worked with him in Ring of Honor and knowing him, he's a very quiet guy. Um, you know, 
you know, humble and reserved. So I like that this allows him to bring out a little bit more character aspects, things that we have seen on being the elite, you know, bringing yeah. the character forward a little bit more. But eventually I want to see Hangman Page getting back to doing Hangman Page stuff. Um, and I don't know when that is or, you know, um, uh, he just seems like... He seems like one of the guys that I should be talking about in the same breath as Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen and MJF. True. I, I, I think what hurts Hangman Page is the lack of a crowd. Like, And I think that's the same thing that was hurting Matt Hardy with the character that he had. Like... Listen, you know, nobody thought that we'd be talking this, you know, 11 months after the fact. But here we are. We're, we're almost a year into this pandemic and, and COVID bully. But, you know, there is some light at the tunnel. And I'm hoping, you know, as we get down the road, we're going to start seeing some normalcy come back as far as live events and people in attendance. I think Hangman Page needs that. Because I think Hangman Page, the way he was going, Bully, he would have been one of those guys that would be getting major pops from that AEW crowd. And But at the same point, Bully, you hit the nail on the head, and we've had him on this show. He's not a guy that verbally on the microphone is going to grab you. He's not a guy that on TV is going to pop and grab you. But he is a guy that is attractive to that AEW audience. Once things open up again, he's going to be a major player, but I'm glad that they're writing stuff for him where you see multiple sides of his personality and he can gravitate one way or the other. I like it. And as far as Matt Hardy, this big money Matt character is perfect right now. Bully, you even said it. Man, gosh. Imagine if Matt Hardy debuted in front of 15,000 people at the Prudential Center, which was supposed to happen. That loud delete chance that would have been happened we never got that and because of that that character never really got off the ground never got its pacing i i like this a hell of a lot better here is why matt hardy is one of the smartest guys out there and i'll compare him to jericho because what's the one word that always comes to mind when we talk about chris jericho's career He's been able to change his, he's been able, he's like a chameleon. He can change all the time. Re he has. Re reinvent. Yep. He's been able to reinvent himself. But Jericho's reinventions have been more about maybe a different look, a different hairstyle, maybe talking more or less. Matt's reinventions to me are completely different. There are definitive cut-out characters. Yes. Version 1, V1, Big Money Matt, Broken Matt. Am I missing any? No, I mean, think about just the last 18 months. He went from being the Matt Hardy of the Hardy Boys on WWE, where he looked like he just walked out of Hot Topic, to being, you know, the Broken Matt Hardy, which is completely different to now Big Money Matt. Like, three completely different characters. Those are a lot of safety nets to have. And that's how his longevity... That's, how, that's, that's the reason why his longevity is there. Right now, if you're Tony Khan and you know you invested in broken Matt Hardy and all of a sudden that's gone because of this whole COVID situation and no fans, what am I going to do with this guy? 
Well, this guy has a variety of characters that can lend itself to the company in a lot of different ways. And that's why I, I, I think Matt is really smart because broken Matt Hardy fell off the high wire. Not his own fault, obviously. It's not his fault at all. It's, this, it, it's, it's due to this situation yes. with COVID. So he fell off that high wire, that, that, that tightrope. Boom. And he's got a bunch of safety nets right underneath him. Version one, uh, Big Money Matt. Big Money Matt can wrestle, and Big Money Matt can also do what he's doing right now with Hangman Page and Private Party. So Matt has always been uh, a very smart guy. I might have had one or two interactions with him where I got to see how smart he was. Um, so uh, good job by him keeping himself uh, uh, useful. Yeah, and you know what? I loved it when he did it the last time, Big Money Matt. Very underrated character when you look at, like, the lineage of what Matt has been able to do. And you're right. Like, when you think of the Hardys, obviously you think a lot about Jeff. Jeff was a big star in the WWE, not just as a tag team with Matt, but as a singles wrestler, multiple champion. Matt a lot of times got overlooked. And his initial run in the WWE, you know, the last feud he had was with Drew McIntyre when Drew McIntyre first debuted. And, man, Vince McMahon tried to make you just forget about Matt Hardy week in and week out on SmackDown Matt would lose and the the cheers for Matt would just get larger and larger like you could not kill Matt Hardy there's a reason why Matt had that slogan on his shirt like you can't kill Matt Hardy it doesn't it had nothing to do with the with what he was able to do in the ring or or like like what Jeff does it's more about like there have been times that Vince McMahon had tried to, like, am I wrong, Billy? Tried to kill off Matt Hardy and could not do it. The fans would not let that happen. And he reminded me of Arn Anderson in the, I'd say, early to mid-90s. Do you remember that there was a point in time where Arn Anderson would be on TV every single week having the best matches on the show and people were supposed to boo him because he was the heel? Yep. And what ha started to happen? It, 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 it was a groundswell, and every time he went out there, he would get a pop. That's it. He would steal the show because now people are starting to realize, wait a minute, why am I booing this guy? They beat him every single week, yet he's putting on the best matches every single week. Same comparison with Matt Hardy. And listen, if you're being mentioned in the same uh, breath as Arn Anderson, yeah. especially for work rate wise, that's a pretty good compliment. Yeah. And you know what, what Matt was able to do? It's not even just about the characters, Bully, but even what he has been able to do in the ring. He slowed it down. He used more psychology with his matches. Like, I mean, he has done a phenomenal job. And listen, this is no disrespect to Jeff Hardy, but Jeff Hardy is, is hugely popular. But Jeff Hardy still plays the hits. Like, there's not much different from the Jeff Hardy of 2021 to the Jeff Hardy of 2015, 2010, 2005. Like, Jeff Hardy hasn't really changed. Matt continuously changes, and everything he does hits. He's like fucking David Bowie, Matt Hardy. Like, David Bowie, every time he put out an album, different gear, the, the sound of the album would be completely different. That's Matt Hardy, man. And, and be careful, and you're going to piss off Jericho because Jericho wants to be the David Bowie of wrestling. And, and listen, uh, 
No, it's Matt Hardy. It's Matt. I'm not going to get heat with Jericho. I'm not pissing off. I'm not pissing off Jericho. Yes, you are. Jericho they, wants to be the David Bowie of pro he's wrestling. Not. And now you just you just. There can only be one, and it's oh, Matt Hardy. Oh boy. Matt oh, Hardy boy. is the Wait David till Chris Bowie Jericho of wrestling. Jericho finds out about this one. Call the hotline. Wait till the King finds out about this one. Um, Matt Hardy would you would probably say he's working smarter, not harder, right? Yes. I hate that term. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Work smarter, not harder. You should always work hard, even in the midst of working smarter. And that's what Matt is doing. He's working. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. He puts all the spotlights on his strengths. And, oh, my God, Jericho is going to be so pissed. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. All right, let's go out to Brian in St. Louis. What's going on, Brian? Not much, fellas. How you guys doing today? Good, man. Uh, on that Matt Hardy, Adam Page segment, you guys missed something. When Matt went to talk into the camera, Adam took that contract, chucked it to the left, and pulled another one out of his jacket. That's what they signed. Ah, so a little okey-doke is what you're saying. Did we yep. miss that? Did we both miss I that? Missed, I completely missed it. You, you I did were not probably see paying that. attention to Matt. That's why. And I just have to be looking at Adam when, when it happened. I oh, interesting. Okay, all right, so... Catch. Wait a second. I'm hit the old so, rewind button here. You know what? This is interesting, Brian, because I did not see it. Now, did they, did did anyone mention about that when they came back from that segment? Not that I can remember. I don't remember anybody mentioning that. So, you know, Brian, I think you're making the point that we were trying to make earlier in the show. If you have something significant like that happen, you got to let it breathe to talk about it. Now, I'm going to go back in commercial because I didn't I honestly did not see that because I was I was focused on Matt because Matt was talking into the camera. But I didn't but I did not hear any of the commentators mention about him taking out another contract and signing another contract. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I remember exactly the opposite when it came to that. So now during our next commercial break, I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I did not catch it. That's a good eye, Brian. I did not catch that. But real quick, I just want to put this out there. I watch all wrestling. I'm not like a hack on any particular one i absolutely love AEW and nxt i would probably say those are my two favorite shows out of all of them yeah and you know what brian i think if you ask most people bully they probably say the same thing now it becomes fashionable to be a fan of one and not the other and root for one over the other but i think if you really did poll most people that listen to this show they would probably say aew and nxt maybe a little bit of smackdown but aew and nxt are probably their two favorite shows I would agree because they're my two favorite shows. Not that because it's my favorite, it has to be their favorite. But I think NXT and AEW give us the best pro wrestling and sports entertainment of the week. And it's crazy that AEW has turned into the sports entertainment show. 
Yeah. It, it, Just my it, opinion. I, I agree with that, too. By the way, uh, Hangman Page does toss the contract to the side and pull another co- contract out of his jacket. So good call for sure. Let's go out to Jeff in Missouri. Did not catch it, Bully. Got to admit. Jeff in Missouri, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I really want to talk about the excitement I had last night before AEW came on. When I was a kid, and I'd watch Bully Ray and Devon, everybody else in the Attitude Era, I was excited for Monday nights. I was ex- I was even excited for Sunday night heats. You know what I mean? I'm just a wrestling fan. Last night, I sat there and I go, man, I'm excited for AEW. I'm excited to see what they do this week. And that 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 lightning in the bottle is is delivered each and every week. And I, I feel the same way about NXT, where I'm excited to watch that. But AEW, it's, man, for the last year, they've been killing it. And, and it's just, they're bringing it back. You know, and then I just that that main event falls count anywhere match when they mm-hmm. went to the back area in the kitchen, it made me feel like I was watching nineteen ninety eight ninety nine wrestling, maybe even old school ECW. Well, I mean, and, and, and Jeff, thanks for the phone call. There's a reason why Bully says that it reminds him of Russo in a lot of ways, where they're putting a lot into that show. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with the call, what the caller said, Bully, because he's absolutely right. And I, I do, I feel that way too. I, I get excited before an AEW Dynamite. So uh, it's, it's interesting that the caller brought that up because they throw so much at you. That there's going to be something that catches, and there's they're using their wrestlers, I think, in the right way, as well. Um, you you could question certain things, and you could que- question the officiating in certain matches, like you like to say, bully tightening of the screws. But it's funny what you just said that they do sports entertainment better than the sports entertainment product, like. We're not supposed to get the pro, quote-unquote, pro wrestling show from the WWE. They don't call it pro wrestling. They call it sports entertainment for a reason. But I agree with you. I think AEW, as a sports entertainment product, is doing it better than WWE. And then from NXT, you're getting the pure pro wrestling product, which is odd to say. Which makes Wednesdays the most entertaining night of the week for wrestling. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Fraschella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it in to Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Here I am bitching and complaining about they gotta let segments breathe a little bit you know let them breathe and i used the hangman page and the matt hardy segment as an example you know they go right into sting they don't talk about that segment that was a pretty significant segment they should be talking about it and i look like an ass because great job by aew not acknowledging and talking about it and moving on 
Can you stop squealing and shrilling with that high pitch? Oh, I love shit. Like I, when it comes to pro wrestling, my ears hurt. This no, no, I appreciate that. Go ahead, bully. Think of squealing. Think of the possibilities that could come from this. What What if Hangman Page takes Matt for all he's worth and brings that money to the Dark Order? How cool would that? And and but then doesn't like that means he's got to deal with Rebby. Oh, that's yeah. That is worse than anything the Dark Order <laughs> can throw at Matt Hardy. You don't want to piss off Rebby, believe me. But seriously, like you know, and that's the beauty of pro wrestling. This is where, like you know, our jobs, bully, is obviously to talk about what we saw the night before. And I'm watching that show, and I didn't catch it. And 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 that's such a good thing because it's supposed to be these little things that you don't catch right away. Where's this story going? Let's build on this. And this is an example of good job by AEW. I'm talking about the negative of them not talking about that segment, not letting it breathe. Good job cutting away and going right to Tony Schiavone and Sting right after that where it's like, as a viewer, you're like, wait, wait a second. What what did I just see? Did Was I not supposed to see that? The commentators didn't acknowledge it. Did did they catch that? Because I, I didn't catch it. Gabby didn't catch it. Ed didn't catch it. Bully, you didn't catch it. That's nope. that. I mean, a very, very fun segment looking back and watching that again. They're gonna go. Ha- they're gonna have to go back and replay that segment again eventually, because that's gonna be the payoff. Yes. Eventually, Hangman Page is gonna get one up on Matt Hardy, and he's gonna go. Ha- he's gonna have to show Matt ha- Hardy and remind them. Matt's gonna have to reread the contract or rewatch the segment, and then we'll get some of this entertaining stuff when you know Matt's at at at, uh, at the the beck and call of Hangman. Because, Bully, what do we usually see in pro wrestling? I'll use WWE as an example, but, I mean, because we've seen WWE loves to have those contract signings because obviously the last one we saw with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and Adam Pearce, but we see that a lot. Like the little sleight of hand, and then, you know, Roman puts his John Hancock on the dotted line. It's like, ha, 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 ha. You don't know what you just signed. Well, there's a clause in that contract. You should have read it because that means blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, ha. Do that whole promo again. Do that whole promo again. Go. (laughs) Go. Do it. I do it off the cuff. I do it from my heart, not from my head. So, Bully, that's not what happened in that segment last night. And that segment, it was very subtle. Like you just said, sleight of hand. What did they do? Matt Hardy's talking into the camera. So you're focused on Matt. You're not focused on Hangman Page. Subtle, but extremely different than what we usually get with a contract signing. Uh, Going back and watching it, I was smiling because, yeah, they got me and they got us all. Uh, I wonder how many people from the nation they got with that also. But um, it's... Like I said, this is a far cry from what we thought we were going to get from uh, Broken Matt or the original version of Hangman Page. This is all good character development stuff. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes, and it should be fun along the way. Yeah, and let's get into NXT. Ed played that highlight from the main event from NXT last night. Uh, the grizzled young veterans going over uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher in the semifinal match for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and they are going to be in the finals on Sunday at NXT TakeOver uh, Vengeance Day. Uh, were you surprised by the outcome from last night? 
pleasantly surprised. I like the idea of two younger teams being in the finals. Um, that was a good way to shock everybody by having the younger team go over. It's a credible win because Ciampa and Thatcher are, I'm not going to say that they're a strong team, but they're strong as individuals who we thought were going to go on to the finals. So I liked what they did last night. And as a tag match, I thought it was a good, strong, hard-hitting tag match. But when you compare it to what it was up against, it would be interesting to see how those two segments uh, did up against each other. And listen, they took a chance here because it would have been easy to go with Champa and Thatcher, you know, especially having Tampa and Thatcher on a takeover. I mean, those are those are two guys that are mainstays on takeovers when it comes to NXT, but they took a chance here and I really do like it. And the reason why I like it is because the grizzled young veterans last year were on the cusp of winning. They lost in the semifinals. So now it's like, hey, you know what? They were in the semifinals last year. Now they're actually in the finals. And the other thing I like about it, too, and we talked about it a lot here on Busted Open the last couple of weeks, Bully, is what the WWE loves to do is they love to take singles wrestlers, put them together without any rhyme or reason, and then they become champions or they win the tournament. I'm glad that they went this way because it was because of the chemistry of the grizzled young veterans that they were able to pull out that victory. It told the story of like the team that's together and has the cohesiveness beating a team that were just thrown together and two singles wrestlers being in that match. That's what you need in a tag team tournament because, Bully, as you know, in any sport, you know, if the Chiefs were to play uh, the, the 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 Buccaneers ten times, well, you know what? Chiefs would beat the Buccaneers nine out of ten times. But it's not a series; it's one game, and in one game, anything could happen. But in a tournament, the better team should win. The better team won last night. How could you say that the Chiefs would beat the Bucks nine out of ten times? I'm just using that as an example because in one game, anything could happen in one game. I think most people would say that the Chiefs were the better team going into that Super Bowl, but the Buccaneers won. That's the beauty of just one game. But when you have a series, whether it's the finals in hockey, a World Series, the better team always wins because it's a number of games. It's not who was better that one night, but the better team overall. The better team won last night, Bully. Uh, I don't know if I would have used that example. I don't want to talk about football, but I would have said, like, the, the, the first-place team versus the last-place team. The first-place team is going to beat the last-place team nine out of ten times, but there's going to be that one game, that one time, where that last-place team yes. could pull one out uh, over them. Well, um, I mean, the Buccaneers were a wild-card team. Every game that they played, with the exception of the Super Bowl, they were had to do it on the road. Chiefs were home. They were the best. Best, they had the best record. They were the best team overall in the league. But that one game, that one opportunity, they lost. I just don't think nine out of ten times the Chiefs win, but whatever. Um, earlier you made a point about you had a concern about NXT with star power, which is why I like what they did last night, putting the younger guys over, because they have to build. It would have been easy, like you said, for Ciampa and Thatcher to go over. And Thatcher and Ciampa, especially Ciampa, are made in NXT already. Yes. They have to make new guys because they will always be at the whim of uh, creative on Raw and SmackDown. 
calling talent up. Uh, and that's why Hunter has such a difficult job. Uh, that's why Creative Down in Anastasia has such a difficult job. They never know. They're in, a, they're in a perceived war every Wednesday night with AEW, and they never know when Vince is going to say, let's pull this talent up. So it's uh, they have a lot of masters to serve down there. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. I wanted that, you know, and, and this is where, because sometimes you always say I can get biased with certain wrestlers. So I'm a big fan of the acclaimed. Now, I've known Anthony Bowens for years and years. And Max Caster, him and I used to work. He used to be an employee of Sirius XM. He was a board op on, on NFL radio. So I'm a big fan of Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. To see what Max Caster and Anthony Bowens have been able to do, those guys never gave up their dream. They busted their asses. And to see them every each and every week on Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite, to me is phenomenal watching their story. And I love I love their gimmick. I love I love that Max Caster comes out each and every week with a rap. What do you how do you feel about the acclaim? Because I know for me, I, I'm biased, but how do you feel? I'm interested to know. I will let somebody else answer for me so you know that they will be answering in a very truthful way had this conversation with the girl about the acclaimed so girl how do i feel about the acclaimed bully is a fan of the acclaimed because he loves their presence their charisma and the way that they enter the ring and they're very unique to aew they could go on any platform in pro wrestling right now and do what they're doing and be successful because of how hard they work and how successful what they're doing is compared to other tag teams right now and they look great. They're chiseled, the way they look, the way they come out, their confidence. He's a fan. Okay. Wow, Gabby the mouthpiece for Bully. I like well, it. Well, she wow. wants to be a manager. She wants to be a manager in wrestling. Gabby? So, yeah, she oh, wants to be a manager in the worst way. She wants to be a manager in the worst it way. Was good. She thinks she could be a great pro wrestling manager. So I told her, if you want to be a manager, the very first thing that you have to do is you have to learn how to take a bump. Which I think I could do. I told him I think I could take it. The sensational Gabby. No, that's not it. No, no it's been no. taken. We need no. no. <laughs> LaGreca just LaGreca just shot you down like no. like wow. Vince shoots down the guy. Hey boss. Oh. And just took a oh. verbal bump can, from Dave. We, I did. Can we call her sensational Gabby. No. We could come up with a better. We could come up with a better name. Who are for you, Gabby? Where's my steak? <laughs> Do you guys want to be around when she takes her first bump? I, I, I yeah, I think I would. I think I. Well, like that would that, that would force you to leave the house, Dave. And I know that you know you're you've been living in your igloo for a year and a half now. And you're not <laughs> There's nothing to move. but snow. I'm surrounded by snow. But yeah, the acclaimed. I really do like them. Listen, they're 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 on the green side and need a lot, a little bit of help. But we were all green at one time and needed help. They have it. From the minute they come through the curtain, you look at these guys, 
and you know that they are stars right now and will be bigger stars in the future. They look the part. They have swagger. They have great gear. Uh, the, the boom box and the headphones, I think, resonates with the youth. Well, at least the boom box resonates with me, yes. old school, and the headphones resonating with the youth. Um, everything about them is polished. Now, is their work polished? Not nearly to what it's going to be in the next five years or where they need to be to be one of those teams. But sometimes I see guys and I just know that they need to stay together for their career. And if they do, they'll be successful. That's what I think of the acclaimed. Those two guys should stick together. I guarantee you that if the WWE saw these guys with the way they look right now, they would try to scoop them up in a heartbeat. I, I think what what you said was dead on. They have a great presence. Uh, I, Anthony Bones, especially when Max Caster is rapping the way Anthony Bones looks into the camera and starts talking a little trash, like those facial expressions, saying it without saying it. Um, and, and, they, and they do great work in the ring. And, I, and I, the look, like you said, the gear, I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the acclaim. So uh, I just wanted to get your take. I appreciate it. Now, Ed, you said you had news about yes. New Japan oh. and Roku. Wait, go ahead. Time out. Time out. Call, time out. Call, time Ed, out. before you go. So Sorry, and by the way, I think the acclaim should have went over last night. Oh, they hit they hit Jericho with the boombox on the line salt. They should have beat him. There was no reason in my eyes last night for them not to be able to go over. It's a good point. It's a great, especially after getting hit in the head with the boombox. It's a great point. Great point. It, it, a loss is not going to hurt Chris. And conversely, last week when Chris and MJF won the tag team battle royal, it should have been MJF who won it. Chris doesn't need wins. Now, maybe I'm missing a little storyline point as to why Chris absolutely needed to win the Tag Team Barrel Royal or he had a win last night. And if I'm missing something, then okay, fine. But I don't think I am. Am I, Dave? I don't think like, so. Why, why did Jericho need to be the one on the team to be the, win the Battle Royal? And why did Jericho need to be the one who won last night? I, I couldn't tell you. I could, Unless it's just because he's the leader of the inner circle. That's. I mean, that's... That you know, I that's it. Chris honestly. Jericho could lose every single match from now until he takes his final breath, and it's not going to take away any of Jericho's steam. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.